Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. Hey there, Tomorrow's Leaders. So today on the show, I've got Carl Bobo, who I've only met over uh, the last few months, and just what a magnetic guy. This is a guy you just love. And he has extensive leadership experience, super successful leader in the financial services industry. But prior to that, sold businesses. I mean, this is just a guy that's living life the right way, uh, leading life the right way. And super balanced guy. You know I love multidimensional people. This guy has it all put together and it all figured out, including raising kids, marriage, everything. I mean, love his answers. I love their conversation. So. Without any further ado, here's Carl Bobo. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Larito, your host, and I'm here with a great guest, somebody who I'm really excited to share with you, with the audience. I know I was just telling him we got an audience covering the map all over geographically and also uh, in different roles of life. I've got Carl Bobo here, who's the most recent addition to Lincoln Investment uh, as the region vice president in the West. He is a leader extraordinaire, done phenomenal things in his career. So Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I appreciate you having me and just looking forward to conversing with you. You got appreciate it. it. Well, that's, that's what I love doing. Just chatting about stuff and life and leadership because ultimately uh, everybody in this world is a leader. They're a leader of themselves. Some are formal leaders and leaders of other people, informal leaders, leaders of, leaders of other people as well. So I'd love to just, you know, maybe you can just, it's, it's, you've, you've been a leader for so many years. You've had so much ability to impact people. What do you find to be like that sweet spot, the most gratifying part of what you've done well you know to me leadership boils down to one word john and it's it's influence you know there's a lot of different things that you know we could talk about that to me uh fall up under that but the bottom line is is leadership is influenced you know you have the ability to uh, influence others i remember very early in my career in financial services uh Every month, we used to have an off-site meeting where the branch manager would take uh, all of our, uh, the district manager, his whole leadership team to his house. He had this huge mansion in Weddington, North Carolina. And he would take us over to his house and we would just have an off-site, sit around some shorts and golf shirt on and kind of a comfortable environment. But it was an all-day meeting and lunch. And he would, you know, we, we really uh, covered a lot of ground. And I remember one time during that particular meeting, uh, you know, we're sitting on couches, recliners and everything, relaxed. Uh, at the end of the meeting, he asked me to stick stick around with him for a minute. And I did. And uh, he wanted to talk to me about myself. And I was I, mean, I was the new one on the block. I was the newest one to the leadership team. You know, he had people on his team that had been working with him in leadership for 10, 12 years. Uh, but he wanted to talk to me about it. and. 
uh, and I, I asked him, you know, what's going on? And he said he wanted to talk to me about my demeanor. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, Carl, I know you. He said, and we're in a very relaxed environment. And he says, you have a photographic memory. He says, so you can lay back on the couch and put your head back and close your eyes. And I know you're taking everything in and you could recite everything that I just said. And I said, yep. He said, but the other guys in the room can't do that. And he said, when they see you laying back with your head back and just in a relaxed mode, he said, I don't think that you realize the type of influence that you have on everybody else in the room. And that really stuck with me. It made me, it was something that, you know, I've always felt that uh, I was a leader. People always had mentioned I had leadership qualities, but that one hit me pretty hard because it was just one that, uh, like I say, being the newest one on the team, I actually thought I would have uh, uh, be the less influential. And what he was trying to tell me is that even though I was the newest one on the team, that I had uh, quickly elevated to being the most influential on the team. And that kind of stuck with me and made me really make sure how I carried myself in all aspects of life, hmm. because then I, I could really see the importance of leadership and influence. That's pretty amazing. That's uh, first of all, it's great that that he gave you that feedback, because that's one of those things that yeah. you wouldn't know unless somebody shared that with you. And, and he's he's right, yeah. without a doubt. Um and a couple of questions I'm going to ask you. Well, one just out of interest. See, do you have a photographic memory? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why where it came from. <laughs> wow! But it's just I've always relied on my mind, and it's just it's it's just been there. I can just remember things very well. Wow! Uh, and just and just recite them. I mean, I, I I didn't used to have to take detailed notes. I'm better at it now. I take quite a bit of notes now because I just said yeah. you can't re re remember everything. Yeah. But uh, I have been fortunate and blessed enough that uh, I've had a good memory. So I remember in school they did this test to see if you had photographic memory and they, they showed you a picture which was an overhead picture of a parking lot with filled with cars. And you looked at it, had to look at it for like 30 seconds. And then if you could then after that go back and count the number of cars you had a photographic memory. Is that something? Can you have you taken that test and can you do that? I, I haven't taken that one, but I have taken some others that were similar to that. And yes. Wow, man, that's impressive. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish there was some way to clone that and uh, <laughs> to do, do something. So I would, I would love to have that. But uh, so let me ask you a question. This is going to be a tough question because, it, and it's a question I get yeah. asked a lot. Um, is about influence, and I agree. I think leadership, no doubt, it's influence. But a lot of people are asking, how do I expand my influence? How do I increase my level of influence? What's your thought on that? How does somebody do that and grow their influence? Well, I mean, I, I, again, I think it goes back to you know showing that you care about others. I mean, you know, there's that old saying, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when people really find out that you actually care, I mean, I was fortunate enough the other day to actually interview a lady who actually worked with you that, you know, participated in some of your coaching. And I could just see through her conversation and through her eyes and her excitement, you know, that you made an impact on her life, not simply just uh, being a coach, but being a professional who actually cared about the next chapter in her life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's about. I mean, 
wants people to know that we're not just stamping, doing a rubber stamp. We're not just making statements. But no, we actually care. You because people will then expand your influence for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that you have to do on your own. I mean, so if you do a, a good job, and that's one of the things I always tell advisors. You know, our business is helping people, mm-hmm. and it's a simple business. Is can you influence one person to introduce you to another person? Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. And let's get, and if we keep it simple like that, I think people would understand it better. That's a great point. And it's interesting because people, you know, you can't fake caring about people. You know, there's some leaders that yeah. say, okay, well, how do I show people that I care about them? And and my answer is like you can't you can't just put on an act and pretend like you, you know, there's not a, a, a script that you say or, hey, do these three steps and then people are going to believe that you care. You either do or you don't. And um, yes. inevitably, people that really are more self-centered and don't care um, or don't care to a high degree, it comes out. It's going to come out in something they say, something you do, nonverbal, body yeah. language. is a whole bunch of different ways that that can come out. So the real key is saying, you know, what's your, you know, what's your motivation? Why are you a leader? Is it just to, you know, build up a bigger uh, net worth or is it, uh, is that the end result or a byproduct of what you're really passionate about? And that's helping other people become better versions of themselves and lead organizations or whatever the case may be. Um, did you have certain leaders that just had this great uh, influence on you? Or was there one person in your life that had a significant amount of influence that you look at as your your mentor or the one that really kind of shaped you the most? Yeah, believe it, it, it was in the financial services in, industry and his name was Mark Holton. He was a, a guy, it was actually from uh, West Virginia, but uh, he was not the smartest person in the world. He was not that, but he had the one skill that I saw very quickly and it was people skills. And he literally went out of his way to make people feel important. And I thought that was just a very, very good trait. And it was something that I wanted to adapt into my life because, you know, I've always cared about people, but it's, it's the little things. It's, you know, people have a tendency to say, you know, if you just spend one moment and look them in the eye and shake their hand and say something kind to them, you will be pleasantly surprised how much that could mean to that particular person. That might be the only kind word they receive that whole day. That might be the only time somebody has actually looked them in the eye. You know, I've read different things about great leaders in our world and and people are impressed about simplicity, little simple things that don't, the 10 seconds he talked to me or she talked to me, it made me feel as like I was the most important person in the world during those 10 seconds. And those are, so those are things that I've tried to, you know, kind of adapt to my life. Yeah. That's a great, great, uh, trait. And it, and it, and I don't even know if it's a skill set. it's a trait. It's a, it's something that you do. Um, some people do it just very naturally. And I know when I'm talking, I've got a great, you know, one of my bestest friends, I, I, when I talk to him, it's so much, he's so inquisitive in asking me about me. I, it's hard for me to even get in a question about, hey, well, what's going on in your life? Because he's so interested 
And it's, it's one of the things that makes me love him so much. And, and we don't have sometimes enough people in our lives and especially in a career, you know, you're, whether it's financial services or technology or, you know, biotech or med medical, uh, medical industry, you've got so much stress in life and in business that just that moment where somebody takes such an interest in you and makes you feel important. I mean, that's 10 seconds could be, could shape their, their whole week or their whole life. In some cases, you know, you've got conversations that people have had that have had this massive ripple effect in their life. And that's to me, what's really cool about leadership or just, I don't even know if that's, that's people skills, I guess. Right. Yes, yeah. I have to agree with you. Yeah. So you've, what I love about you is you've got a really, you're a really balanced person. You've got a, uh, a great ability to lead in business and you have an incredible track record uh, at Waddell and Reed. You were there 17 years, I think you said. Yes. And you were mm -hmm. uh, really one of, if not the top leaders there consistently across the country which is really, really difficult to do even once, let alone consistently. But you've also led your life really well. Um, I know you're a big family guy and, and you have such a really cool perspective. And you and I were talking about this uh, earlier about uh, you and your wife and you've, you've had such a successful marriage. What, you wanna share with the audience your perspective on, on what keeps that going and what you learned about uh, marriage? Yeah, it's a it's it goes back to John a, a something that my my dad I didn't I, I can't take full credit for but I take this from my dad taught me years ago uh, when I was newly married and just trying to learn what marriage was all about and I approached him one day and just asked him you know how is it that he and my mom had been together for so many years and how do you stay married to the same woman you know for all of these years and they've been married over 65 years and he said son it's not easy and uh, and i kind of looked at him and he said because you know, he's talking about my mom now and he said no every day you get up you have to forget what happened yesterday and you have to start all over trying to please this woman today he said you know too many people live off the past they live off what they did yesterday and a year ago and he said, but, you, but he said, if we wake up every day and I try to please her, she tries to please me, then we both are ultimately satisfied. So it was something that I took to my wife and we talked about it. And now when everybody asks us, you know, how long have we been married? We just say one day. And we really did. We, we have missed multiple anniversaries because we really don't focus on that. I mean, I, I don't buy my wife a Mother's Day present. Uh, I don't buy her a Christmas gift. I don't buy her Valentine's flowers. And it's not because, you know, I'm, I'm a cheapskate. No, it's because I buy her flowers throughout the year just for no reason. You know, I think mothers need to be appreciated more than one day a year. So I try to make sure that myself and my sons, we show appreciation more often than that. And, uh, you know, Christmas, we just, we, we've, we've stopped giving Christmas gifts years ago because we just said, what, you know, why are we doing this? Let's, let's find, we, we would find a single mother somewhere and then we would donate to that particular family the, the, the funds that we would use for ourselves. So it's, uh, it's just something that we've just made a part of who we are and it's kind of now ingrained in our DNA and uh, it's just how our life is. But every day I wake up, 
and it's a new day. And I kiss her good morning and say, let's, let's start all over again. And we do the same thing and it's worked well for us. So we, we don't, we don't have arguments and grudges and that kind of stuff because every day is a, it's a new day and it's a honeymoon. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of uh, wives and mothers that are listening that are going to be sharing this episode with their husbands and their sons <laughs> in an effort to get flowers throughout the year. <laughs> um, but I, lo- I love that perspective. Do you think, is that kind of how you operate in life as well? I mean, that whole concept of forgetting the past and because you got a lot of people out there that get stuck on things in their past or events that happened or just a bad day or a bad situation. Do you find that that philosophy and how you and your wife are married, does that kind of permeate to the other parts of your life? Do you tend to be focused on today and moving forward? Yes. I mean, I'm kind of a, a sports guy as well. And I, you know, I did play football growing up and stuff like that. And even in sports, you have to have a short term memory, Yeah. you know, because you got to get ready to play the next play. And if you're really frustrated about the previous play, it's going to impact what you're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love leadership. And I remember years ago, I'm, because I'm a sports fan, I read a quote from Wayne Gretzky, you know, Wayne was, you know, considered to be the greatest hockey player of all time. And people have made a comment. They say, well, Wayne, what makes you so great? And he says, everybody else skates to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going. And to me, that's a sign of leadership right there. And I've, and, and it's a sign of life. You know, we've got to, you can't look back. We've got to skate to where the puck is going. Not because we skate to where the puck is. By the time you get there, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm always looking forward. I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always thinking into the future uh, many times and, and maybe to a fault. Uh, because my wife, she said, you're always thinking. And I'm like, yes, I mean, I, I, what else am I going to do? <laughs> but, uh, but I think, you know, t- yesterday is gone. There's nothing we can do to change what actually happened yesterday. Yeah. You know, only thing that we can focus in on is right now, this particular moment mm-hmm. and what's coming before us. So yeah. that's where my focus is always is. And that's such a great lesson. And, and, and honestly, it's, I think, one of the most important things. And you, you've made a great example there, professional athletes. You see that all the time. It always amazes me. And whether you're seeing you know, a baseball player that, that makes a, an error in the, in the field, and, and, but they somehow, the, the really great ones, and the pros are you know, categorically great, great players, um, they just shake it off. They have this, and it's always made me wonder how do they do that? It looks like you can see the camera flash on them right afterwards. And it looks like they never made an error. You can't tell on their face, no. you know, rarely, um, or golf, you know, we saw the PGA championship this weekend and, uh, you know, you see golfers that, you know, collapse or have a really bad hole, double bogey, triple bogey. And, Somehow they still, you know, it doesn't really, you can't see it physically and, you know, mentally they're able to get past it. So that I, I think is is a really critical thing uh, for people and especially in, in not only business, but in life to be able to move past something and be forward thinking or be, you know, living in the moment there. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. That's sure. great. So what about in terms of the... Um, 
the things that are going on now, you know, you've got, and this is kind of ties into this, you know, for those people that might be listening or watching this at some future date, we're now right at the end of May, we're coming out of COVID. Um, what is the last year and a half done, do you think, and or changed um, leadership? And what is that? What parts are more important now or traits or skills or less important? Has it changed? And if so, how? You know, I think the I think the pandemic kind of helped put things in perspective for everyone. You know, what's important in life? I mean, you know, we were all sleeves were rolled up. We were all entrenched in working and working long hours and just doing a lot of things. But and and, and many times I think people took family for granted. They took relationships for granted. They took, you know, those things for granted because they were so caught up in so many other things. And once you start turning on the news every day and you start seeing the death count and all of this stuff going on, I think it kind of shook the world up a little bit and made us realize that, hey, there's more important things to life. And we need to kind of slow down a little bit and enjoy relationships. You know, I think uh, as Americans, you know, we, we used to be a country that was real people oriented. And I think we, we kind of got off track a little bit and, and, and became more just, you know, work driven and a little bit more selfish. And it's more about me and what I can accomplish. And I think that the pandemic, COVID and all that stuff just kind of reset the clock a little bit and make people say, wait a minute, there's more to life. And let's make sure that we, you know, treat people with respect. So, you know, take some time to say hello to people and and realize that, you know, we're, we're not existing on our own, you know, that 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 there is a, a higher power or a higher authority or something out there that is, con- is in control because we don't know when we're when our time is going to happen mm-hmm. and it's going to be up. Well, it's interesting, too. And I I. I funny thing uh this morning i went to the gym and my gym that i go to every morning just lifted the max or the mask requirement so for the last you know year everybody's been working out full time with a mask on it's not like just when you're you know moving around so you you really forget how the interaction is so different when people have masks you know what i what i noticed is number one is you're just seeing their eyes and you're you're kind of you're developing a relationship with them based on just because you see the same people in there every single day. And, and so you get to know people and you, you, you say hello, or you nod ahead based on their eyes. And it's funny, this morning was the first time I saw some of these people that I've known now for the last year, I had no idea what they looked like. I didn't know other than their eyes. So now seeing them without a mask, there were a couple of big observations. One is uh, the the shock factor of wow I, I I almost didn't recognize certain people I'm like are you Tyler or you know uh, right because you're so used to seeing them with the mask so I think there's a little bit of adjustment there but the second thing is that um, people forget almost they've they've not used the facial expressions as much they've not smiled willingly enough because they've been hiding behind the mask and it's it's a little bit of an adjustment getting back out there into the normal world with without having to wear a mask and now interacting. I don't know, for me, I'm excited about that. Now being able to smile at somebody in the store versus just, you know, walking past them and not even having, you know, any facial expression. Exactly. No, yeah. that's true. 
crazy. And we, we, we've gotten a taste of what other countries have, have been going through for years. Yeah. And we, we've been fortunate, you know, in America that we haven't had to experience some of the things that other countries have had to go through. But now we kind of see it. And uh, like you said, the, this whole mass thing has been a, a tremendous change for everyone and everybody's had to adjust to uh, yeah. and now coming out from under it. Uh it is a welcome relief. Yeah, exactly. So you've got three sons, I know, and you've got uh, uh, a, a great family uh, culture there. What do you, what do you, as a dad, um, how do you lead your kids through this? I mean, this is such a weird, unique time. How do you, how are you influencing or impacting them? And you know, what are what what are maybe some of the things that have helped you kind of keep them on a, on a, on the right track, so to speak, uh, versus, you know, maybe what we've seen happen sometimes with some people in this time. Well, I try to remind them that, you know, um, and that's a great question, John, but you know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Yeah. And, and I wanted, and, and I've sat down with each of them individually as well as collectively that, you know, the true test of a person, whether it's a man, woman, or a child, is is not when things are going right. It's easy to to do good things when things are going right. It's easy to smile when everything is going well in your life. It's easy to be nice when you've got things going well in your life and you got money in the bank. Now, the true character and when someone someone is really identified is, is when things get bad. How do you respond to those times? And I just said, listen, we're all in this right now. We're all in this together. It's a global situation. But at the same time, uh, we're, you're still going to have an influence. And I've challenged all three of my sons to be leaders. I've always said, I want you to be a leader. Uh, we have, we, they've been blessed with this. I always say it's a curse in many ways. You know, my last name is Bobo, B-O-B-O. And I've always said, I said, sons, people are going to remember you with that last name one way or the other. And it's up to you to determine how they're going to remember you. So because you have that last name, you know, I think you want people to have a positive remembrance of you. And we've just kind of charted our life that way to make sure that we just try to do the right thing. That's not saying that any of us are perfect or any of that nature, but we live every day consciously trying to make sure that we, we walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Yeah. Well, that, and that's so important. You know, they, they, people learn so much by what you do and what they see you do and how you act and how you, your emo, your emotional state. And they, they are, they are, they are taking their own kind of, uh, steps and their own, uh, you know, creating their own kind of rhythm, so to speak, based on your influence. Um, and as a parent, that's important to realize I know a lot of parents struggle with that. They're like, you know, I don't know how much do I insert myself into my kid's way of thinking and whatnot versus just step back and let them do their own thing or how much do I involve myself in trying to shape and develop them. And, um, you know, it, it, it sounds like you've had, you've taken some really specific deliberate, uh, steps to try to put them, you know, make sure that they're thinking the right way about things and, um, and developing the right way, you know, without a doubt. Well, you know, uh, years ago, my wife and I were talking and I, I told her, I said, you know, if we really think about it, children are the only non-permanent part of a marital relationship. 
I said, honey, we're supposed to stay together. I said, but they grow up and they move out and they go on and live their life. I said, so in many ways, they're an assignment for us. They've been given to us and they're an assignment. And our job is to raise them up and send them back into society to be good citizens in the world that, uh, that we live in. And I said, in order for us to do that, we have to interject ourselves into their lives. When we see some things that they're doing wrong or saying some things that they're doing uh, or hear them saying some things that are wrong, we've got to interject in there and kind of let them know what we thought, what we think. You know, my job is not to be your friend. My job is to be your dad. Mm-hmm. Now, can, now, I think in the course of being their dad, we have become good friends. Mm-hmm. But they understood that my job all along was to be their dad. We had a lot of fun when I was growing up with them, but they knew I was pretty firm with my expectations. And uh, again, I never asked for perfection, but I want you to be the best that you can be. Mm-hmm. And each of you are different. And I know, and my wife knows, we, we, we know you well, we know what you're capable of doing and just be the best that you can be. That's excellent. Love that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I know we're running short on time. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, and this has been, I know, uh, super valuable for people to just understand your perspective on leadership and life and family. Um, what You've got a lot of people out there that are um, kind of feeling maybe stuck, which I think I've heard from many people. It's like, I don't even know what to do. I feel like, you know, this last you know, maybe years kind of put me in a weird place and I don't know what what I need to do really to kind of un, get myself unstuck. Um, I know I'm throwing that at you kind of at a, at a right field there, but what any advice you give to somebody like that that feels feels in that position and how to get things moving in the right direction for them? Well, I, I probably would say one or two things. One, you've already mentioned it this morning that you already have done that. You got up and you went to the gym. You know, it's 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 something about moving and exercising and getting getting that blood flowing that I think uh, kind of helps us to get us out of that rut. And the second thing that I would say is I happen to be talking to the gentleman right now, and that's you, John. People reach out to someone like yourself because this is you're a professional. You can give someone an honest outside. Uh, a, perspective on their life. You're going to tell people the truth uh, about what they need to help uh, to hear to get back on track. So I think if, if exercising or just getting movement, you I mean just getting out of the house environment and getting back out there, if that doesn't do it, if they feel that they just can't get out of the rut, then I think they should reach out to someone like you. Mm-hmm. And I think by doing that, they'll be pleasantly surprised how well that someone a professional like you can get them out of that rut that they were in and back uh, into society where they can be active and having fun all over again. Great advice. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, getting yourself physically in shape and feeling good and taking care of your body um, and your health and also taking care of your mind. And part of that is reaching out to people around you that can, that can help and share perspective and, also not be emotional because we're all obviously our emotions are tied into ourselves and what we're doing. Somebody with that yeah. outside perspective can be hugely beneficial. I've always found value in that too. So great advice. Excellent, my friend. Well, I've loved this and I know uh, this is going to be a popular episode. So maybe down the road, we'll do a part two and you know pick up on all the other stuff that I'd love to talk to you about. 
Uh, I'd love it, man. Anytime I can sit down and have an opportunity to talk with you, it's it's always beneficial to me. I I learn more talking to you than you probably get talking to me. So I appreciate it. Uh, well, thank you. I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate that. Excellent. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in today. We're here with Carl Bobo, newest RVP for Lincoln Investment in the West. Great, great career as a leader, great family man, great leader of life in general. So as always, make sure you uh, give the thumbs up, like, subscribe, share this episode, as well as uh, go down below, give five-star review. Always appreciate your comments, as well as your ideas on future guests and topics. For now, have a great one. Thanks for joining, everybody. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. For suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching, reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.